Welcome to the Chamber podcast. I'm Dan Harrison. In this episode, I'm joined by the Chamber's Press and PR Director, John Lamb, to discuss his new book, which looks back on the history of one of the region's best-known newspapers. Telegraph People goes behind the scenes of the Coventry Telegraph, where John had three spells with stints in Fleet Street and Birmingham sandwiched in between. Uh, so, John, some people might might look at this and say the Coventry Telegraph, it, a bit of a, a niche audience, but actually you've, you've captured a real golden era of newspapers, the days of hot metal and multi-editions that we just kind of don't don't see anymore. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. I mean, I was really prompted to um, write this book when I learned that the uh, Coventry Telegraph's old building in Corporation Street in, in Coventry was being uh, converted into a hotel. So I was there on the day they actually moved into that building in 1960 as a copy boy or office boy. And... Um, uh, I thought it was worth recording my experiences there and uh, those of the people I work with. Uh, so that's really what prompted the whole idea and also to record a different era uh, in newspapers. Um, you know, multi-edition evening newspapers um, are non-existent today because they don't need to be with digital technology. They've been, become pretty outdated. But these were the days when... If you wanted the race cards or the race results, you had to go and buy an evening newspaper. And um, you know, that, that it, it really is a, an attempt to capture the atmosphere and the, uh, uh, of the office when, in those days. You mentioned those early days as a copy boy, but they wouldn't give you a job to start with. No, they wouldn't. No, I was, I'd, end, I'd left school at 15 with a certificate for swimming a length at breaststroke, which didn't really qualify me as a journalist. So... Um, anyway, something seemed to click and I decided I wanted to uh, uh, become a journalist and I was taken on by the probably the smallest paper in the country, the Kenilworth Weekly News, and the editor there, uh, Charlie Porter, who was a real eccentric, put me through my paces until I went back to the Telegraph as um, a news sub-editor and then became its uh, deputy sports editor. We won't give too much of the, the contents away, but the, your chapter on the, on the Kenilworth paper it, it provides some really uh, entertaining snappy headlines which I know had a big influence on, on on you didn't it they did yeah I guess I must have learned something but at the time it all seemed a little crass to be honest but the Kenilworth comic as the editor called it uh, was very popular just for its just for a laugh really he had a penchant for um, snappy little headlines like the uh, uh, little filler in the newspaper uh, recorded a guy going off the road uh, in his car and breaking his nose and the, the headline ended up being car in ditch, broken snitch. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you started the first year, your three spells as you, at the Telegraph, as you mentioned, in 1960 as a copy boy and it, it began a real uh, love affair with what you refer to in the book as the best job ever created. Yeah, I think it is, even today. And it, I think, you know, you, what other jobs can you go into? And I don't call it a profession, it's a trade. Um, and, and indulge your passions, whether it's sport, politics, business, food, whatever. You can do that in newspapers. And uh, I do think, I do really envy uh, anyone today going into the media industry. Sure. And something that struck me from, from reading the book, having had an early glimpse of it um, as somebody who's not a Coventrian but has, has worked in the, in the media that the, the Telegraph was actually a, a real a breeding ground for some real top journalists who you, you go on to talk about who some people who went on to, to achieve some some yeah. big things in the industry yes I mean there were I, I suppose uh, I'd never worked with the um, the Telegraph's most famous and Jeremy Vine but um, 
I, I did work with um, Roger Harabin, who's now the BBC's um, uh, environmental analyst, I think he has to call himself, and uh, one or two other guys like Andy Grice, uh, who went on to uh, make great strides in Fleet Street. Um, but yeah, so there, it was a breeding ground for some great journalists and many women journalists. And, you know, although even in those days, they weren't um, particularly welcome on newspapers and uh, were treated with a little bit of suspicion. But they were treated exactly the same as the guys and that they wouldn't have had it any different, really. Yeah, I think people who, who worked in the business will, will enjoy the, the nostalgia trip. Uh, but there's some, some great anecdotes that, that people who don't necessarily know the inner workings of new, newspapers or that they enjoy, you know, the scoops, the rows, the, the scandals, and the, just the, the frantic pace of, of how pulling together this multi-edition uh, newspaper worked. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was an exciting uh, day, every day, really. I mean, we did, on the Telegraph, we did um, uh, seven editions a day. When I moved to the Birmingham Mail, in between spells at the Telegraph, we were doing uh, 22 editions a day. Uh, the Telegraph in the uh, in the 70s was selling 120,000 copies a night, so you could claim 360 readers uh, in total. And um, it really was an exciting experience and uh, one that really uh, I think a lot of people will miss uh, for not having been in it. I think stories, stories of, of producing the, the, the pink on a Saturday, which must have been a real thrill, that will bring back memories for... For a lot of people, not just in, in Coventry, but obviously over here in Birmingham, we had the Sports Argus and the Express and Star had the the the, the Sporting Star over in Wolverhampton, which yeah. worked in a in a, a similar vein. Yeah, they were a great read. I mean, I I look back at those with great fondness, and I it, there was great drama on a Saturday. There was nothing like being in the office when you know, everything was buzzing on the Coventry Telegraph. We only had the one soccer team, and of course, they were in the top flight in those days, and I seemed to get the job of doing the splash headline on the front page, which was always uh, a little bit of a challenge because you were dealing with metal, so you could, you, know, you had to be pretty accurate with what your, uh, the width of your, um, your headlines. And uh, the stories were filed during the match from Highfield Road or wherever Coventry City were playing, and um, then was setting type as the, as the game went on. And at the end of it, you wrote the headline and the reporter, in this case Derek Henderson, would put an intro on it, on the results. And away we'd go and we'd finish, um, the match would finish at about quarter to five and we would be printing at five past five with a full classified um, uh, football results on the front page along with the league up-to-date league tables and match reports. And that was true of all the other Midlands teams as well. But of course on the Sports Argus we had uh, several teams to go at. Um, we regarded obviously the Villa and the Blues as part of the um, Argus patch, but we also did the Albion, Warsaw and Coventry City. So it was, um, that was multiplied, you know, it was a really um, uh, frantic operation. But again, the Argus would be on the streets by quarter past half past five. Very little margin for, for error. Yeah, it was it was quite challenging. Yeah, I mean uh, there were errors uh, without question, but um, it, largely we did pretty well. I don't think there were many that we that we got wrong. You know, it was, uh, it, and everyone was working to get the best possible product out every night, and uh, and it was uh, you know a real challenge to do so, but uh, again enjoyable. You, you 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 talked about a bit about the hot metal and the the inkies as as you used to to call them and. Of course, everything's digitised now, which was a, a real 
overhaul of the the industry but it's just a a, a stark contrast to, to to today where technology's changed everything over time and also print's facing a bit of an uncertain future and and papers also perhaps don't have the same priorities or depth as they once did yes i think that's the that's the the sort of the shame really we haven't got the right um depth of coverage i think these days digitally and uh, it always seemed to be much more uh, real when you had a proper newspaper in your hands and and i still feel that way now anyway but i would wouldn't i but um i think uh, the, the saturday night sports edition and during the week as well i mean we used to have people queuing up in, the, in outside the office to get the latest race results and uh, they would be printed in what was called the late news. But, of course, today you've just got to have a mobile phone and, it, and everything's at your fingertips. So it's not really uh, uh, viable to have a, an, a, um, a sports edition on a Saturday. And, uh, of course, most of the clubs play on different nights and days anyway now. And um, But it, nevertheless, I think that there is a... Um, a, a gap in the coverage of today's uh, soccer and all the other sports. I think it's uh, we there's, it's certainly not done in the depth, the sort of depth that we used to do on the uh, the pink in Coventry and the Argus in Birmingham. Sure, and you you touch also briefly on your time in Fleet Street in London and and also here in Birmingham. And I, I believe when I mean, there's some great stories there, I believe they they could form a, a longer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yes, thanks for the uh, opportunity to plug the next opus. Um, Yeah, I'm hoping next year to uh, to get out a uh, book which really deals with my career, but I think that is a a sort of um, more in-depth record of the demise of multi-edition regional evening newspapers, which are really non-existent today. Okay, and so finally then, Telegraph People, when is it out and how can people get their hands on it? It'll be out in uh, in September, certainly, and uh, it can be bought in bookshops, newsagents, and online with Amazon. And you might be you're looking to do a couple of launch events, one in Coventry and perhaps one over here in Birmingham. Yeah, well, certainly. Like press corps, yeah. yeah, yeah, doing one in, one in Coventry and then hopefully um, the Birmingham Press Club, which I've been associated with for a long time, Uh, we'll hold a launch night uh, as well thank you for listening to the chamber podcast to hear more episodes find us on apple podcasts spotify and audio boom or go to the latest news section of www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com